0: Hello! Welcome to Are You Karate Kidding Me?
1: Your resource for Cobra Kai and Karate Kid recaps, analysis, and items of interest from all around the Miyagi-verse. Yes,
0: we are analysts of the Miyagi-verse, and we are coming to you from our secret lair.
1: That's right. Much like Daniel and Mr. Miyagi... We've taken it to the beach.
0: We are on vacation and we took you with us. In a way. (laughs) And indeed, just as season three of Cobra Kai will be exploring its origins, having Daniel return to Okinawa, we are here at the very first place that I attempted a beachfront crane kick.
1: That is true. Yeah, so thank you for segueing directly into our actual news item.
0: That's why they pay me the big buck.
1: The most recent development in between episodes was we've had San Diego Comic-Con, the Comic-Con, the big one. The big one. All sorts of fun news got announced for all sorts of shows. Obviously, Cobra Kai was included in that.
0: A large crew compliment on hand in panel to discuss how things have unfolded and where they're going in the new season. That's
1: right. Uh, Notoriously tight lip, but they did let some details slip. Obviously, you know, Miguel's going to be back in the mix, even though he's going to be struggling with his Season 2 injury. But
0: Sholo said that despite what he's gone through, he wouldn't blame Johnny, because he understands that Johnny would never have wanted whatever happens to Miguel later in Season 2. Yes, the thing that happens, yes. The thing that we aren't allowed to discuss yet, because we haven't yet covered it on our podcast.
1: We won't get into... gory details but the big news is we're going to okinawa we are going to okinawa right
0: but it's interesting because during the panel josh held noted that that they're going to be exploring the origins of these two movements and so i wonder if that also means that we're going to get a cobra kai origin exploration
1: that is true. I mean, one would think that you could not do one without the other. After all, the thing I point to again and again is the show's called Cobra Kai, not Miyagi-Do.
0: Yeah, I mean, we all want to go, but I mean, we all want to go back to Okinawa, right? We all want to hang out with like Shouzen and Kumiko. Yes. Well, I don't know if I want to hang out with Shozen, but I no. want to know how he's doing. Well, exactly.
1: Yeah, we definitely want to catch up with Shouzen. I think it would be hilarious if he was basically just the-
0: An anger management counselor?
1: That would be fun too. Yes. I think it would be great if he was just like the Okinawa equivalent of Johnny, just being a handyman and just kind of down on his luck. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, having a connection to Okinawa does solve a representation Thing that they've touched on and joked about in the show, you know, with uh, the YouTube comments on Daniel's Miyagi Do commercial, right? You know, not having Mister Miyagi there is a huge problem. But going to Okinawa will help us reconnect with his people, his family, his ancestors, you know, whoever you want. Most notably, Tamlin
0: you know, Tamita. Tamlin Tamita, the great Tamlin Tamita. Yeah,
1: she exactly. I mean, she's got the gravitas, she's got the clout, she's got the experience. You know, she's played everything from a, a spaceship commander to everything you can imagine. And so I think that she could definitely bring that Pat Morita style gravitas to uh, to the show. If even, even if it's just in a guest star, even if it's just in a single episode capacity, I think that would help. It's a funny, ton.
0: everyone's clamoring to know whether Allie will make an appearance in this show. And equally important to me is Tamlin Tamida, um as Kimiko. Uh, yeah. So like, come on. Bring it on. Anyway. um, I
1: agree. 100%.
0: I would also like to note that Martin Cove believes that John Kreese can be redeemed. That also came up at Comic-Con, but we can't talk much about that because we still need to review our way through this season, which we are doing right now. So without further ado, shall we get started?
1: Yes. Let's get to what we're here for, which is the Cobra Kai recap. We are now on season two, episode four, The Moment of truth.
0: All right, so this episode opens with a shadow through the blinds at the front door of the Cobra Kai Dojo, a little knock, and who sticks their head in, but hello, it is Dimitris. This is not a flashback, this is right now.
1: He's looking for help, but unfortunately, the only person he finds there today is Kreese.
0: Yeah, and Dimitri's actually grateful that he's not the other guy, he says, who is a little unhinged, referring to the time that Johnny roughed him up in season one. Dimitri goes on to explain to a still silent Kreese, who is clearly a cobra about to strike, that saw your little demonstration at Valley Fest. A couple of other guys have been requesting i come join the club. Basically, I've got some ground rules. Ideally,
1: learning to hit and kick without actually being hit or kicked. Yeah, he kind of sensei explains to (laughs) Kreese what he expects out of Cobra Kai, basically, which is all of the fun and glory, but none of the actual physical work or violence. Which, yeah. Does not sit well with Creese.
0: Creese is standing there with his arms folded like he always does, which gives us a nice flex on his cobra tattoo, which is, again, a throwback to the original movies. And Dimitri actually leans in, having just said he has personal space issues, and touches the cobra tattoo to tell John Creese. You see,
1: the hood of the Indochinese spitting cobra is much smaller.
0: This is not an accurate representation of an Indochinese spitting cobra. Yeah, the
1: pupils are a little off. The The head size is wrong. But after this stare down, we smash cut to Dimitri running out of the dojo with a nosebleed. So yeah. apparently things went basically like they did with Johnny.
0: Indeed, except worse. There's blood in this case. Meanwhile, at Miyagi-Do, Sam is stretching it out on one of the decks while Robbie's pounding the punching bag.
1: And they're both kind of talking around Miyagi-Do's public relations issues. Cobra Kai continues to be consistently more popular in the valley despite Daniel's sweet YouTube presence. Robbie wants to kick things up a notch by maybe posting some sweet kicks to Insta, but Sam uh, is a little skeptical.
0: Yeah, she's like, what are we supposed to do? Go down to the mall and pick a fight? Meanwhile, Meanwhile Sam goes to rally Daniel into coaching them, but Daniel is underneath The old Ford convertible trying to get it up and running.
1: Yeah, Sam refers to it as the banana boat, which is fun. And Daniel's trying to get the old banana boat up and running. He uses it to kind of segue into a story about his first job selling cars and how he intends to use that lesson to sell Miyagi-Do to uh, the people of the valley.
0: Yeah, he says it's the same thing with karate in that you have to look people in the eye and connect with them. Gimmicks like Cobra Kai's antics at Valley Fest are one thing. But an actual meaning connection is another thing that is earned.
1: Yeah, Daniel says gimmicks get them in the door, but you still have to sell them once you get them in the door.
0: Daniel's right, but also he really needs a narrative for all this, and that's how he's keeping it together. But he's not wrong. He's saying we need a more personal touch, and so then he tells Sam to get Robbie there going for a
1: ride. Cut to the Cobra Kai dojo.
0: John Kreese still in his green-looking military fatigues with no badges talking to Aisha and Hawk with Miguel listening in, and Kreese is...
1: He's telling tales out of Somalia, basically. Yeah, he's
0: talking about his time in Mogadishu, and... Hawk is like, how many warlords did you kill? Meanwhile, in the back, Johnny is sparring with Zarkarian, the landlord we saw in season one. Zarkarian wants to raise his rent because Johnny now has more students and Zarkarian will be moving the stuff that he'd stored in the back room so Johnny can use it now. And Johnny's like, but that's not our handshake deal. And Zarkarian's like, well, let's do another one. And so they do another handshake deal, confirming that they're going to stay with their original plan, right? It's a little confusing, but yeah, I think that's what's going on there.
1: Yeah, the problem with handshake deals is no one writes them down. Um, But yeah, Johnny... In
0: the 80s, handshake deals were fine.
1: Yes, well, Johnny manages to subdue Zarkarian by intimidating him for the moment. Back in the main room of the dojo, Miguel's a little bit skeptical, uh, and he thinks he may have caught Kreese in a lie.
0: Because Kreese is telling Hawk that Rwanda was no joke, but of course, being as well-informed as he is, Miguel's like, but Mogadishu is in Somalia, not Rwanda. Ah. It's not a good look.
1: Clearly Miguel gets A's on his geography.
0: Johnny comes back in from his confrontation with Zarkarian in the new back room, and makes everyone fall into straight rows and lines... And this gives us a reason to walk amongst the lines and see that, lo, there is Raymond from the fake Home Depot and also Valley Fest. Johnny is instantly like, you know, man, this is for kids. Raymond is also the only one not in a gi. He's wearing like this cyan colored shirt and bandana around his head, which makes me feel like we're about to go do yard work. Anyway... Raymond's like, I could take him, and my mom doesn't charge rent, so I've got a lot of cash to burn.
1: That's right. Everybody knows a guy like Raymond. Uh,
0: everybody may actually not love him.
1: Oh, I yeah. CBS
0: notwithstanding.
1: Yeah, not everybody loves Raymond. Um, oh, burn. He never stopped with his voice.
0: Oh, are we criticizing someone else's voice, Ray? <laughs> (laughs) Don't tell that to Mr. Romano.
1: But he continues to be a going concern in the series as now he is apparently officially part of the Cobra Kai dojo.
0: And we know, number one, that Johnny is never going to say no to money. Johnny now lets us know that his group of recruits last year was pathetic. And so with those fighting words, he then asks if there's anyone in the room who has the balls to take on the champ, i.e. Miguel.
1: And there is a voice pipes up from the back. And lo, there is a new woman here.
0: I'll take him on
1: oh you will huh so now we've got a new character on the board in the form of peyton list that's
0: right the the mysterious woman who is peyton list she says she'll take him on and you know having seen their demonstration at valley fest she wants to know if cobra kai actually knows how to fight oh by the way it should be noted that raymond was about to speak up (laughs) so we could have seen miguel absolutely drop raymond
1: i'm sure we'll get that opportunity as well yeah johnny's like mr diaz Show Little Miss Hotshot here what Cobra Kai is all about.
0: And so Miguel walks up, like, nicely in this repeat of his nice guy approach that he used with Aisha in their first fight in season but one. Are you
1: sure that you want but to But
0: this girl <laughs> kicks him squarely in the chest, and it's game on. She will not be wailed on.
1: Johnny wants Miguel to wail on this girl, but this girl will not be wailed on.
0: What's he got? <laughs> They're dropping each other. It keeps looking like one of them Did you see that coming? gets the upper hand, and then the other one comes back. Oh. Finally, Miguel, Baby. thinking he's got her down, stands up and says, "My name's Miguel." And then she flips him over, and as he groans, says, "Tori." <sighs> With
1: the why. A kind of a mirror of Ally's introduction when she tells Daniel it's Allie with an I.
0: Yeah, but Allie with an I and I'm an assassin.
1: But she's deadly with that Y. Exactly, Um, that is fight flirting. They do some quick fight flirting, and it works pretty much on everyone.
0: So meanwhile, Daniel, Sam, and Robbie are driving along the 101 in what looks like Malibu, and like this is amazing because it really looks like they're heading north of L.A. right now, and maybe they are, but if they are, how did they get the convertible out to Los Angeles only to bring it back to the East Coast. Anyway, it's beside the point. First of all, it's great to see Daniel driving this car.
1: Daniel's driving this car up the 101 like he's in the credits of Big Little Lies.
0: Exactly. (laughs) And they arrive at a country club where Amanda's standing by the curb to greet them and Robbie looks unsettled. And if you know his background, you can guess that it's probably because he once tried to rob that place.
1: Yes, apparently Robbie has problems going places that he's robbed before. Uh, This is a, a uniquely Robbie problem, obviously. Yeah, he
0: says he used to work there. So I'm guessing that just like at the fake Best Buy, he was the guy who was the fake employee who helped lift all the wallets. Meanwhile, at the mini mart... Aisha is looking at her phone as Tori passes by and unhappy to say that her mom wants her to go to the beach club with her. And Tori has nothing but snark for that because obviously that sounds like a rich kid problem. And Aisha's like, well, the deal is it's this girl, Sam. So we see that Aisha is feeling awkward with Sam about probably their brinkmanship at Valley Fest, And meanwhile, she compliments Tori's bracelet, which is sort of spiked and punkish. Tori's like, oh, but this isn't just for decoration. This is for self-defense and talks about how she's used it on the dude. And, And Aisha's like, what are you doing here, basically? Like, you already seem to be able to take care of yourself pretty well and Tori responds that she's always wanted to be able to break boards blindfolded.
1: Yeah, this conversation with Tori is filled with weird red flags. It is. (laughs) Where
0: a seemingly innocent conversation
1: seems to go towards times where Tori's tried to maim people's faces and times that Tori wanted to learn how to kick people's faces.
0: Exactly. Which
1: makes her excellent Cobra Kai material, but not really great hangout material. I
0: don't know. Cobra Kai has really desensitized Aisha to some weird stuff, so Aisha's like, sure, you want to be my backup at the beach club? Anyway, moving Moving on, we're see we back at the Cobra Kai dojo and we see Hawk standing outside FaceTiming with Dimitri who is planning on reporting what happened to him at the dojo and Hawk explains to him that
1: Snitches get stitches. Dimitri is right there with I have
0: stitches. Exactly. Hawk hangs up on Dimitri but Miguel has caught sight of their conversation and looks kind of freaked out by the whole thing. Then Miguel goes to the back room where Johnny has been stenciling Cobra Kai never dies on the wall Miguel takes advantage of this moment alone to tell Johnny he's worried about Creese. Like, if you see something, say something. And it, Miguel's like, this is not okay. He explains that Creese roughed up Dimitri, who Johnny remembers as the mouthy one. And Miguel also points out that he knows they're old friends, but a lot of Creese's stories don't really add up.
1: Inside this inner sanctum, Miggy confronts Johnny over his Creese concerns. However, Johnny insists that there's still nothing to worry about, insisting that everyone deserves a second chance.
0: Do they, though? I think Cobra Kai endeavors to answer that question. Either way, Miguel looks unconvinced, and rightly so. And Johnny looks concerned as well. Once Miguel leaves, right, we see that Johnny's not as certain as he seemed. Mm. Cut to the beach club where Daniel is hanging out with the guys, drinking some Coronas at a poolside table. And And, doing
1: what all older people love to do, complain about millennials. That's right.
0: Daniel says, back in our day, our moms knew there was a problem if we came home with a black eye, which is a callback to his first week in Reseda when his mom spotted his black eye under his sunglasses.
1: Yeah. If you're on that Easter egg hunt, Sweet Karate Kid 1 reference.
0: Exactly. So now Daniel's plan is becoming clear is to minister to the hot shots at the club to try and get their kids to join Miyagi-Do. Will it work? We'll find out in a moment. Meanwhile, Aisha arrives with Tori in tow. And Tori wants to know where all the homeless dudes on rollerblades are. Aisha explains it's not that
1: kind of beach club. However, they do spot Sam downstairs. Sam is concerned about the Valley Fest incident, which is fair since Aisha was primarily responsible for that.
0: Yeah, I don't know if they actually spotted Sam, but Sam definitely spotted them. And Robbie's like trying to help Sam out. And he asks her, you know, what's wrong? And he says, why don't you go talk to her?
1: First case, fight breaks out. We can record it. Once again, we're looking to uh, upload this sweet potential fight scene to TikTok, but we'll see how that goes.
0: So now, in a scene reminiscent of Hook, with the table full of gloopy food just waiting for a food fight. Bang-a-ring! 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 Sam walks up to this buffet table where Aisha is getting food, and it's so awkward because Sam's trying to extend an olive branch, but they're both very resentful. Aisha of the ad that Daniel made that sort of subtweeted Cobra Kai for being a snake in the grass and Sam for the Valley Fest demo that Cobra Kai did that messed up Miyagi-Do's demo. Aisha sort of explains that she has this sense of retaliation. What else were they supposed to do? And Sam tries to defend Daniel, but it's just back and forth, back and forth until Sam's like, what are we doing?
1: It's our summer vacation. We're at the beach and we're fighting about karate. Yeah, they kind of take a step back and Sam... Much like her mother, Amanda, becomes the voice of reason momentarily.
0: You can tell that at the end of the day, like they've already been through worse, like they're still friends. And then they both kind of look out at Robbie and Aisha's like, so it's just you and abs all summer training. So that kind of gives them a segue into being friends again. Indeed.
1: Speaking of uh, Mr. Abs, abs. (laughs) Robbie is downstairs catching some rays when the club manager rolls up on him. I knew it was you. Looking to boot him out. What did I say would happen if you ever
0: stepped foot in here again? And Amanda overhears this and the guy explains that he's removing the delinquent when Amanda stands up for Robbie and is like, this delinquent is our guest. And despite the manager trying to persist, Amanda's like, nope, you don't understand and Robbie's our guest period the end
1: amanda wields her privilege like captain america wields his shield placing it squarely between the club manager and robbie she could also be the
0: next thor very much so it's true at any rate robbie comes clean and explains to amanda when she asks that before he met them he was a different person amanda's like did you hurt anybody and he's like no nothing like that so we know that cobra kai's secret ethos is destruction of property is not the same as destruction of life at any rate Amanda says, oh, hey, look,
1: we all make mistakes. It's what we do next that counts, right? So Amanda's like, well, as long as you didn't hurt anyone, you get a pass. Uh, she's the real forgive and forget type.
0: So, I mean, it's interesting because we see that everyone on all sides of this, there's a will to for everyone to have a second chance, everyone to move on. But the sort of feeling that feeling good about your own compassion for someone else acquits you of having to look at the broader and deeper picture. And that's mm-hmm. sort of what's happening here, I think with Robbie and with Crease in his own way. So speaking of Creese, we cut back to the Cobra Kai dojo where Johnny hears Creese getting heated with someone on the phone, threatening to burn the whole place down if I have to. And after Crease slams the phone down, Johnny comes in and is like, what's that about? Crease tells Johnny that he's staying at the Universal City Sheraton, and a housekeeper might have walked off one of his watches,
1: which set off a bunch of red flags for me because, well, what are the worst type of lies? Elaborate lies. Indeed. Um, There's a little. Too much
0: information in that for Johnny, which makes him suspicious, and rightly so. I mean, we see Johnny reaching for his car keys, which I will later have to freeze frame that and look at what all was dangling from his keychain. But we'll follow along with that later. We Back at the country club, Daniel is still sitting around his table with some prospective parents on the hook in full sales mode when Kim Fields, Tootie from the Facts of Life shows up because she overheard him talking about karate and...
1: There's gonna be trouble.
0: Okay, wait, no. She's not Tootie here. She's actually Sandra, Aisha's mom. That's right. And she's so excited about what Cobra Kai has done for her kid and everybody is now excited to talk about what they did at Valley Fest.
1: Cobra Kai, didn't they
0: do that thing at Valley Fest? Got it on my phone. Because one of the other guys says, they said it was like a Van Halen concert. It's
1: a real meeting of the 80s minds here between uh, Kim Fields and Ralph Macchio, but unfortunately, Aisha's mom undermines daniel's efforts here apparently somebody here knows how to use instagram
0: somebody here over 50 knows how to use instagram meanwhile aisha and sam are still catching up and sam is telling aisha that robbie is staying with them now and aisha's like i'm not gonna tell miguel even though you know sam's like this is platonic anyway then Tori rolls up with a bottle of vodka that she swiped from the bar.
1: <laughs> Tori humble bragging that she could swipe half the silverware in this place before anyone would notice, and launching right into red flag conversations with people she's just met.
0: Proving her moral compass is purely anti-Miyagi-do, something straight out of Dare to Keep Kids Off Drugs. Tori asks Aisha if she's going to come drink with her, and Aisha kind of rolls her. I was like, I don't know, but then obviously goes off and joins her, and Sam is left alone.
1: Meanwhile, Johnny is trying to track down Creese's real accomplishment, Accommodations. He's following him nonchalantly in the Cobra Kai-mobile.
0: Yeah, which, you know, is a loud, rumbly sports car. But no matter, Kreese is just ambling along, seeming not to notice if anyone is around him. Johnny is also on the phone at that time, trying to figure out why there's no John Kreese at the Universal City Sheraton. Meanwhile, Daniel is looking majorly lost, walking along the beach. Oh, to have his problems, my karate dojo is struggling. Mm-hmm. And he rolls up on a fisherman who kind of reminds him of Mr. Miyagi. This fisherman dressed all in uh, in khakis, casting from
1: the shore for some reason.
0: So Daniel's like, I'm sorry, I just look like an old friend and then the guy's like your friend you like to fish daniel's like yeah and then daniel asks him if he has many bites and the guy's like you got something worth biting eventually the fish will
1: find you You just have to be patient it's an interesting scene it's not very subtle no a lot more like my friend than i thought Uh, it does give daniel kind of what he's looking for in a way i mean the guy is obviously very you know serene in touch with uh with his whole thing or he could just be stoned either way
0: (laughs) in this right now everyone never mind legalize it it's fine so this is probably the miyagi moment that ralph mentioned on the instagram when they were shooting and ali marita showed up to surprise everyone nice day on the beach it's really sweet That said, I'm beginning to wonder if this show is going to end like New Heart and all this is just a dream that teenage Daniel LaRusso is having because Ralph Macchio does still look like a teenager. It is possible. And that was a very woo-woo sequence.
1: That is true. I mean, it's not the most woo-woo sequence in season two, but we won't spoil anything quite yet.
0: Indeed not. So meanwhile, back at the Beach Club... Amanda comes up to Robbie and Sam and explains that she's missing her wallet and Robbie recognizes this behavior and goes off to check something. But Sam spots Aisha and Tori walking unsteadily and Aisha's actually telling Tori about the time that she gave Asmin a wedgie when Sam runs up to confront Tori about the stolen wallet. And Tori denies it, but Sam, of course, doesn't believe it based on Tori's prior behavior, so she grabs for Tori's bag and then Tori pushes Sam into that delicious-looking dessert table from the prior scene.
1: Sam gets slimed for her trouble.
0: Indeed. Aisha tries to, like, reach out to Sam, but Sam's, like, some friend, and, and then Aisha storms off.
1: Aisha has clearly chosen her new fast friend over her steady uh, friendship with Sam. Meanwhile, Johnny is still across town, still tailing Creese a- in his very loud, rumbly car. Exactly.
0: And he sees Crease walk into a small building, and then that's it. Johnny can't take it anymore. He gets out of the car to investigate. Everybody's solving a mystery this episode, right? Like, everybody's a detective. Johnny is looking for... Crease's true story. Robbie and Sam are looking for the thieves who took the wallet. Daniel is looking for, I don't know, anyone who will like his style of karate. So basically this is like CSI the Valley or Law and Order Karate.
1: And another person doing some dodgy detective work appears to be Robbie down at the pier outside the beach club.
0: And we see Robbie as he finds, of course, the stolen wallets. It's Robbie's old
1: fellow henchmen, Trey and Cruz. That's right. Trey and Cruz, back from season one, uh, still up to their old dirty trick.
0: Flashing back to his fight with these guys last season, just to let us know that he's no longer friends with the dudes who he used to steal things with.
1: These are Robbie's bully pals from season one. And like in Ursatz Peter Parker, Robbie has decided to try and set up his camera in a convenient place to get pictures of himself fighting crime in, in order to post it to TikTok and get himself and Miyagi-Do some publicity.
0: As they say to him, you forgot the fact that we need a third guy, and that's when the third guy comes out and yes. hits Robbie with the oar.
1: A giant 40-year-old teenager who <laughs> hits him with an oar from behind.
0: Probably Raymond's long-lost fraternal twin. Exactly. Hey, unfortunately,
1: he doesn't have a sweet uh, line for when he gets the drop on Robbie. He could have been like... Uh,
0: He's just a hard gun.
1: No, ifs, ands, or buts.
0: Wow. <laughs> so back to the show. Meanwhile, we see Johnny coming into this building where Creese is gone, overhearing Creese dressing somebody down. And we see him holding a, an equally disheveled looking guy. And a woman runs in and tells John that if he keeps it up, he can go back to sleeping at the bus stop. And at that moment, Creese sees Johnny. It looks like Creese is actually staying at a shelter like one of the things he was yelling at the guy about was stealing from his footlocker so johnny has found crease and crease looks taken aback
1: crease is kind of caught in a moment of shame or here, a but, moment of truth or a moment of truth here um but we'll have to catch up with that later because down at the pier robbie is in danger
0: robbie is fighting these people and daniel runs up the guys are obviously coming after daniel
1: i mean it's a pretty sweet fight scene it's you wanted me to go back and kind of review it it's it's definitely more reminiscent of i need miyagi's. a video review yes this fight is definitely more reminiscent of miyagi's first fight against the Cobras back in Karate Kid 1. Yeah. Uh, Because Daniel kind of like drops from above. Very true to Miyagi-Do, he kind of waits for them to come at him before he does anything. But once they do, like he's able to drop them pretty quickly. There's a little kind of parrying and dodging and moving around. It's not as... Again, not as flashy as Cobra Kai, not as jaw-dropping as that first fight that Johnny had way back in episode one of Cobra Kai.
0: Well, by now we know to expect it, right? But there are actually a lot of similarities move-wise between that fight that Johnny had against the bullies in season one and and this. It kind of parallels both, but yeah. Also, Daniel gets in an almost Johnny Lawrence-like one-liner because the kids called him Grandpa, and then after he drops them, Daniel's like, Your grandpa know how to move like that, huh?
1: Daniel's even able to drop the huge 40-year-old year old teenager in, in his weird Hawaiian shirt.
0: I have to say Ralph's fighting game is looking very
1: good. I mean, this is kind of one of the moments we were waiting for. We saw Johnny kick a lot of ass in season one. We were waiting for Daniel and Daniel did I, not disappoint.
0: Daniel smacked that boba though.
1: That's true. He did
0: whip that boba. That's true. So back at the shelter, we see Kreese sitting next to Johnny on a single bed, like a cot bed with an American flag behind them. Johnny's asking if any of Crees' stories have been true. Kreese just sort of looks off and explains that things got rough after he lost the dojo.
1: Yeah, Chris tells Johnny that his real story, that he wasn't a super cool special forces dude for the last 30 years, surprise, surprise, Uh, turns out the army does still have standards. Yes, as he says, They got uh,
0: these bullshit psychiatrists now. What the hell do they know? I'd also like to note that They do give us a little flashback of down-and-out Kreese from the moment in Karate Kid 3 when he hasn't gotten the dojo back.
1: Yeah, we see a quick flashback to Karate Kid 3. Kreese talks about how one of his war buddies was offering him a job. That's got to be Terry Silver. That's got to be Terry Silver, Please let that come back in the next season.
0: Please let us pick that thread back up. I know. (laughs) And then he explains that when Kreese heard about Cobra Kai's big win at the All-Valley, he knew it was his shot at redemption.
1: You know, this really gets to Johnny because Johnny wants the same redemption as well, like he wants for Kreese what he wants for himself, which is the second chance, and that's not necessarily a wrong feeling or a misplaced feeling, but it is something that you have to be aware of. Johnny may not have that self awareness right now. Exactly. They bond. It's heartwarming in its own way.
0: If Johnny had had Obi Wan Kenobi here, Obi Wan Kenobi would have said to him like, "Your eyes
1: can deceive you. Don't trust them." Mmm, fair, fair.
0: That's true. But unfortunately, we have not yet established a proven link between the Star Wars universe and the Miyagi-verse. Not yet.
1: yet. Maybe in the off-season, we'll get to a special episode just about that.
0: Precisely. I get it. I get Johnny, though, because it's a major deal to hear John Kreese say the words, I feel like a broken man. I don't think I can be fixed. If it were anyone but John Kreese, Johnny's response... That sounds
1: an awful lot like defeat. But I was taught defeat does not exist in this dojo.
0: Would be extremely heartwarming. Yes. But there's just something going on with Crease that is a little weird. Why is this former special ops guy not noticing that Johnny has been tailing him all day?
1: Some things you just have to forgive as a convention of the story, but not this.
0: This is a trap. (laughs) Again, also, if Johnny had Admiral Akbar as his wingman, he would know. It's a trap. We will see. They shake hands. I feel sick to my stomach because yet another handshake deal. This is like the moment in Jerry Maguire when Bo Bridges says, You know I don't do
1: contracts, but what you do have is my word, and it's stronger than oak.
0: When he was really double dealing the whole
1: time. Enough of that. Creepily heartwarming moment. Uh, let's head back over to Miyagi Do. Exactly. Uh, where, you know, Sam is still sitting outside next to a bonsai tree. Bonsai tree. But Aisha will still not answer any of her oh, texts. Oh, yeah. Aisha's
0: not answering her texts. And Robbie walks inside to see Daniel doing kata. And he says he's a little sore and he's sorry that he did that. He never should have done that on his own. And Daniel forgives him, but he says something good did come out of it and shows Daniel the video footage that he came back and got of Daniel kicking those bad guys asses. This is a great opportunity to market the dojo, but Daniel says no. He says,
1: Miyagi-Do is about defending yourself and protecting others, not seeking credit. It's
0: time we be patient and let those who need us find us. Daniel
1: says, in other words, the right people will get it. We just have to wait for them to find us and then...
0: Yeah, Daniel basically tells Robbie that Mr. Miyagi didn't go looking for him. He came to Mr. Miyagi when the time was right. And that is the moment when someone walks in. Right on cue, that's when... Is that a koi pod? We hear Dimitri walk in. Dimitri saying... How much does it cost to maintain that? Exactly. Dimitri is is in peak Dimitri here. Curious about things, just sort of untrammeled and raw potential. Daniel looks pretty gobsmacked at this point. Daniel is looking at Dimitri like he's seen the face of Jesus on toast. And with that,
1: Miyagi-Do has its official third student. Exactly. Something of a surprise. I did not see this one coming. I
0: I pretty much freaked out when Dimitri walked in. And I've forgotten about Dimitri by this point in the episode because so much else had happened. Mm -hmm. I've talked to some other pals who watched the show and they were like, the moment that Dimitri walked in is when the show really like was electric because then it's like you know that The board is set and the pieces are moving.
1: That's true. Speaking of pieces in motion back at the Cobra Kai dojo, Johnny and Kreese are now
0: teaching in tandem. Johnny's demoing a back thrust kick, which looks an awful lot like the one he used to own back in the day, um, that he used over and over again at the All Valley Mm -hmm. in 84.
1: Yeah, Hawk asks, what if your opponent attacks you from behind?
0: And so Miguel actually looks a little worried because Johnny asks Sensei Kreese to come over and demonstrate. Yeah. And Sensei Kreese is now no longer wearing T-shirts or strange-looking fatigues, but rather a more sensei-like attire of a black sleeveless shirt and black pants. And when Miguel asks Johnny if he thinks this is a good idea, Johnny's like, there's nothing to worry about.
1: Johnny's like, don't worry about it, kid. And so Kreese says something pretty loaded here. He says, The key to this move is making your enemy think
0: you are retreating. But just as they let their guard down, that's when you strike the hardest.
1: This, I feel like, is definitely one of those times where the character's not talking about what's literally going on. They're talking about what's going on with themselves.
0: That is obviously the moment of truth. This it's like it's like, you know, all the show we've been trying to get to the truth, right? Who mm-hmm. stole the wallet? What's gonna bring students to Miyagi Do? There are many moments that could be the moment of truth, right? Mm-hmm. there there are all these fake outs. The episode yeah. shows us that always someone thinks that one thing is true and then we find out no it's another thing Mm -hmm. it seems like the moment of truth in this episode the climax of the show is the moment in which Creese reveals to Johnny that he's been down and out and he's looking for a second chance it looks like Creese's emotional intimacy is going to be the moment of truth right but I think the moment of truth is the final scene where Creese reveals his strategy for defeating an enemy make your opponent think you're retreating that's what he just did with Johnny except that I don't know if Kreese sees Johnny as an opponent but anything that is stronger than Kreese is probably an opponent to him this is the button of the entire show and with that
1: that brings us to the end of Cobra Kai season two episode four the moment of truth
0: so yes a lot man
1: that was a lot. So
0: my first question is, Colin, what did you think of this episode?
1: I think that this episode definitely gives us some momentum that we needed. Episodes 1, 2, and 3 were a lot of setup, but now we're actually off to the races here. We've got Crease officially back into the fold in Cobra Kai, for better or for worse, whatever that will lead to. Crease is now you know, fully integrated. We've got a whole new character in Tori who seems to be a lot of trouble waiting to happen. And she kind of serves an important function, I feel, in that she's kind of Sam's opposite number in Cobra Kai. We were kind of meant to think it's Aisha, but Aisha is a, a lawful neutral <laughs> type. Yes. But Tori is full-on femme fatale.
0: Yes, she is. Yeah. and she and she's ready to cut somebody
1: she's got that real danger edge that
0: and she's got that class resentment that was an important theme in the karate kid and has been part of cobra kai but not such a self-aware version of it so that will be interesting
1: for sure she is definitely has got an axe to grind but with whom and for what we still have yet to see We've got big moves with Robbie and Daniel. Robbie is still kind of trying to find his place in Miyagi-Do and find his place with Daniel. And I think that that relationship's going to continue to develop in interesting ways.
0: I agree. I mean, this episode really feels like we're locked in now. Like, we're in the car. The car's moving. The old convertible is up and running. Which yeah. Which was absolutely exhilarating to see. I also really would like to know, where does that convertible have teleportation? Because it really looks like it was in California. There must be some stretch of Georgian beach that just seems like that because I know that that car tends to stay on the East Coast. Like they had it on Good Morning America. Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent, but um, this is my own personal quest to put a GPS locator on that convertible so that I can drive it or borrow it from whichever one of the big three has stolen it. Anyway, back to our analysis. A lot is going on. We're in the convertible. It's moving. I think that this episode is really interesting because it establishes that everyone really wants redemption to be a thing. Amanda has, not glib, but like the sort of best of all possible worlds. Like, what's what you do next that matters most to Robbie? And Johnny feels the same way about John and Kreese. And... The show is sort of asking us, like, what is redemption anyway? Mm -hmm. Is this something we all really want or is it not? Maybe redemption isn't the point. I mean, it is to a certain extent, but maybe the point is something else. And I think that, that now as Cobra Kai progresses, it's going to be more about, like, connection and living with people rather than being redeemed yourself. Like, when I was watching this episode, I was thinking about Aaron Beatty's piece in the Los Angeles Review of Books where he talked about Game of Thrones and the change in the storytelling once they got off of George R. R. Martin's source material and how the show shifted from what is like a sociological worldview to a psychological worldview. Right. And the sociological worldview is all about the connections in the world and how people like live and how that drives character d- development and action together, whereas the psychological worldview sort of treats it as an individual's journey, like almost like you know, a hero's journey. You can feel that change in Game of Thrones. And I think the strength of Cobra Kai is that it looks at People think they want redemption. They think it's about like themselves, but really it's about the, the company they keep.
1: It's about the community.
0: It's about the community, and I think that that's where this show is heading is healing and, and reparation in these communities. Also, never do a handshake deal.
1: Never do a handshake deal. Never do a handshake never deal. Never do a handshake deal.
0: Never, ever do a handshake deal.
1: I think that's all that we can cover for this particular episode it's uh been a good one but i think uh we're in for a treat next week as we hit the halfway point there's always something juicy at the halfway point exactly so we will join you next time for cobra kai season two episode five all in
0: all in man i'm all in are you all in i am definitely all
1: in all right. Well, excellent. Well, we'll see you then. Until then, I've been Colin Kennedy.
0: I've been Jenny Carlson, and we will see you around the Miyagi-verse. See you around the Miyagi-verse. This podcast has been produced and hosted by Colin Kennedy and Jenny Carlson.
1: Our music is by Chepo. You can find us at Karate Kid Pod on Twitter.
0: And wherever you download podcasts.